I'm Cassandra Healy and welcome to Behind the Pitch. Business has always looked really great and glamorous online, but I'm here to talk to you about everything that happens behind the business to make it a business. Join me and some of our amazing guests as we go through everything you need to know about what goes on behind the pitch. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pitch and this week I am excited to be joined with Alan and Cece, the founders of Cheeky Glow. In this episode we talk about all things TikTok, going viral on TikTok and what it's like to wake up with all these amazing orders and what it's like to start a beauty brand that also markets to men. So stay tuned, I hope you enjoy and don't forget to rate, subscribe and share on your socials. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So before we kick into the interview, I always ask the same question to start with. Tell me about who you guys are, introduce yourselves and introduce your business and how you came about it. Uh, I'll go first. Um, Yeah, yeah, because ladies first, you know. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Cece. Um, I'm 27 this year and I am one of the co-founders of Cheeky Glow, which is an Australian beauty business that provides tools that help your skin um, and help you feeling confident from inside out. And uh, I founded this business with Alan, who is also my co-founder, who will introduce himself a little bit later. And this business was born out of COVID lockdowns last year. So it's pretty crazy that we're still in lockdown now. Um, But yeah, basically last year we decided that, you know what, um, Everyone needs a little bit of self-care right now. And as a result, we rediscovered this tool that I've been using all my life in my culture as well. Um, that is an exfoliation tool. And from there, we kind of just launched and it's taken off. And yeah. Amazing. Alan, how about you? How Tell us about yourself. <laughs> a little bit about myself. Well, uh, as you guys have heard already, my name's Alan and I am the other co-founder of Cheeky Glow. I'm 26 this year and uh, like Cece said, you know, we founded this business during last year's lockdown and uh, strangely enough, we're back in lockdown again. So, you know, a little bit about myself, I guess. Uh, I've been in the business world for a while. I've always been an entrepreneur. I never saw myself as a person who could have a boss. I'm very unemployable, as I like to call it. No one wants to employ me because, you know, I always come after their jobs. And um, yeah, so I've always found myself uh, as a person who really wanted to make a difference, make an impact. And I, I just enjoyed being in control of my own destiny. So we decided to start this business and I've been building businesses since the age of 14. So it's really been an exciting thing for me to take on this venture and and really build something out of it that's been able to create a huge impact, not just here in Australia, but around the world, especially during times where it's been really rough for people in the self-care space. And so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about myself and I'm excited to be on the podcast today as well, Cass. So thank you so much for having both of us on and we hope that your audience loves all the value that we can bring them today i hope so too because i have a lot of questions and i think as you guys were talking i just like found like five more that i was like oh my god (laughs) but i think like the first question that i want to ask is very much about a partnership like business partnerships so i haven't had any of anybody else come on the show who is co-business owners or co-owners of a business company whatever and i really have to ask 
What is it like being in a business partnership? Obviously, I'm not in one. I am too much of, I can't do it. I'm very nitpicky. So I don't know how other people can do it, but what is it like being in a partnership? But most importantly, how did you two discover each other's roles when starting Cheeky Glow? So, you know, there were, you didn't have any conflict. You were, you know, establishing the company from the start to be successful. What was that like? Tell us about the process. Mm, So, um, the process was quite an interesting one. I think we have very complementing sort of skill sets and it just made a, a lot of sense to come together. Cece's always been a very visual person. You know, she's very good at the branding, the marketing. That was that was her specialty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that she's really good at. And I've always been the systems, processes, the vision type of guy. So coming together and putting together a business was a very simple thing for both of us. You know, she had the product idea and I had the business idea and we kind of just mashed it together, right? I mean, a, biz- a successful business isn't just as everyone sees it, right? There's like a product whatever you know there are so many components of a business there are the systems behind it there are different processes behind it the marketing strategy the branding the pr you know the the, uh, supply chain putting all of those things together is not easy but the good thing is with both of us we have such good synergies in terms of um how we work together and of course you know the most important thing for any co-founder of any business is trust right we had a lot of trust for each other in terms of what we could do and um the hardest thing really is well, giving each other, I would say way to, or giving each other like space to do what we're good at as co-founders, you always want to kind of like butt heads with each other in terms of ideas, because we both have egos obviously, and having egos is not a good thing in business. So, well, you need some, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, if you have a partner with you in this journey, you have to kind of engage with them, but at the same time, trust them to do their jobs as well. And so like, I don't want to get in front of CC and she doesn't want to get in front of my way. Um, And so the hardest thing is really setting the boundaries and the expectations for each other um, in terms of what we want to both achieve in the business. So coming together in the business was a very simple and straightforward thing, Um, but really figuring out our roles took a little bit more time to, to really, really nail down on that. And so ultimately what I wanted to do was um, have CC stay focused in the marketing and branding side of things because she can make everything look pretty, you know, she's got the eye for that. Whereas me, I'm a little bit more rough around the edges. I I prefer more how the business grows and operates. And so if we stick to each other's lanes, we can generate much better results with that. And there's less conflict as well. So as long as you're aligned with your partner in terms of what you guys want to achieve in terms of vision, then Mm. you're able to then really create something magical because sometimes if the vision doesn't align, then you can't run as fast as you need to. You know, clarity is very, very important and not just business, but in life. So really getting aligned on that was um, quite interesting. You know, I remember having a conversation with Cece earlier and she was like, oh, we want to do multiple six figures this year. And I was like, oh, nah, that's a little bit small. We should aim for multiple seven figures. Even just something like aligning that vision changes yeah. the whole entire scale of the operation and what we need to put in as well. So so it's, it's really quite an interesting question that you've asked there, Cass, because business partnerships and i've heard and i've been warned a lot is don't do it (laughs) don't go into a partnership don't get a partner you know like it's it's not worth it there's too many headaches blah 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 and then so you know it's for us to be able to go into this was um one it was a no-brainer but at the same time we need to figure out like where we specialize and stay that lane as well yeah of course all right so this leads into the marketing side of things so tiktok has obviously played like a large role in your success right so do you both manage it or is it 
just CC, like what's the what's the case there? Because if CC is just doing the marketing, is that your place to be? Yeah, um, at the moment. So ever since the beginning, I did all the social media. So I pretty much do the TikTok. Um, interestingly enough, we've actually just started a new TikTok where Anna will be managing it. It's called She Go Bro. Um, so it's for all the bros out there who like to use, you know, skincare exfoliation. But it's kind of like the behind the scenes, more rough look um, on skincare. No, no BS, um, no fluff. Yeah, so our current TikTok is the regular Cheeky Glow one, which I manage, which is quite um, more tailored to like beauty, skincare, um, where we kind of focus on our branding. And our new one, Cheeky Glow Bro, is more for just like the results and just showing you exactly what you get when you purchase our products. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've been managing the social media since the beginning. I have a background in social media as well. I used to work in marketing. um, So it kind of just came naturally for me. And Mm -hmm. yeah. That's amazing. TikTok is so hard. I think I've posted like eight videos and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like my God. Okay. So let's talk about, because you guys were in Daily Mail last year, right? You got featured in Daily Mail. You had a video that went absolutely viral and you did some crazy numbers. What was that like? Because you always hear about people going viral on TikTok, but what was it like waking up one morning, seeing you had all these purchases and going like, what was that like? That was um that was an interesting experience. I think for CC it was quite a shock. Uh, because I've have I've had quite a few businesses on TikTok that have gone viral before and generated sales. And for for this business, we weren't expecting it so fast. Really? I think CC was quite shocked. I think it was, what was a video number two or video number three or something like that. It blew up. And yeah, then I couldn't overnight, sleep when it blew up. It, it was crazy. <laughs> we sold out overnight. She couldn't sleep until like 3 a.m. in the morning. And then we spent the next day packing orders until like what, 4 a.m. in the morning, I think it was. I can't remember what it was. No it was way. like 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. We were both packing orders. And um, it was it was ridiculous. It was it was crazy to see that, wow, we actually sold out on our first batch of stock. We, we had never planned for it. Like we ordered our inventory in and we're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to sell it out in a month. Bang, 24 hours after the video went viral, we sold out. Um, and it was, it was crazy. I mean, like Cece was just seeing all the Shopify notifications on her phone. We're seeing the TikTok likes and the views just skyrocket. And for the 48 hours that we were viral and packing orders, it was it was such a weird experience because I think we both slept like only like four hours a night that both those nights no we were way. packing orders, responding to comments. We were like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> we're checking on the website, checking the inventory. And we're like, oh my God, we're out of stock. We need to order. And then we're like we're dealing with suppliers. And it was just like, the whole thing was an insane 48 hour experience. So that was, um, that was pretty fun actually. All right. So let's talk about CC with managing the page and seeing that you went viral. That must've felt like a massive achievement. I guess it's an achievement, but it's also like, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> not sure. Like, am I dreaming? Because um, I remember the views just crawling up that day and I was just like, are there really that many people in this world that are like watching this video right now? Which was crazy because when that translated into sales, like when we first started, we got sales like from our friends and family. So it was like one or two every day. Yeah. Um, but then suddenly at like 2 a.m. we'd be getting sales and we'd be like, oh, people from America are purchasing. Like that's so crazy. And then that's when it kind of hit us. Like this is real. Like this this product has legs. Um, yeah. And then since then it's just been trying to go viral every single time, which is hard. But you, you kind of want that now and you're used to that. So you just you work for it. Yeah, it sets this t- the tone, I guess, for the rest of the success, your um, TikTok success. So like I mentioned before we jumped on the show, the this podcast is all about, you know, everything on the other side of business that, you know, you may not necessarily hear about. 
So I'd love to hear more about your startup story. So what was it like when you guys, you know, like how did you come across Cheeky Glow? How did you come across the name, the glove? Um, What was it like starting up? Tell us a little bit about that experience. Mm, That was, um, the startup story is actually a really interesting one. I remember very clearly because CC was like, oh, you know, I really want to do something. It was middle of lockdown. We've been talking about building a business together for ages, right? Mm. And I've been, I've been like pushing her to go, yeah, you got to start something because, you know, you can do it. You've got the skills, you've got the talent, you know, you can, you can create something amazing. So I've been pushing her for ages to start something. And then she goes, okay, so there's this product because she just came back from China and um, she had this product that she's been using over there and she couldn't find it here, right? And so that was really where the beginning of it was. You know, everyone always talks about, oh, I need an idea for a product. I need to, mm. you know, oh, what's the idea? Where do I find product inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And I think the best thing that people can actually do is find something that they really enjoy themselves and see if there's either a better version or a version that doesn't even exist where you currently are. And that's exactly what CC did. So she brought the product idea to my attention and I was like, okay, you had this old brand and then let's rebrand it. Let's create something new out of it. And then I just started to search for domains. I remember that night so clearly I was there standing up on my table. I spent like six hours searching for domains because I was like, oh my God, we need to find a good name, something that will stick because if you choose a crappy name, no one's going to remember it and no one's going (laughs) to care. And I spent so long searching for domains and we finally found one. It was like Cheeky Glow. And I was like, because we wanted the .com domain. We didn't want .com.au, right? And we were like, oh, we had like so many names. I remember I was sharing her all these names. She's like, no, that's crap. This is crap. That's crap. This is crap. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, we kind of shortlisted. I think it was like one or two names. And Cheeky Glow was one of them. And I really liked it. And I was like, you know what? Stuff it. I'm just going to buy it. So I bought the domain and I spent the next day. I think I I sat on the computer. It was like 18 hours straight. And I built a Shopify store. I kind of drafted up a Shopify store um, and and that was pretty much literally how our brand started. Cece brought me the idea. I'm like, you know what? Stuff it. We're going to do it. We're not going to waste time thinking about it. We're just going to do it. And I got the domain and I built the store um, within the next 24 hours. And then that was pretty much where it is. And I was like, look, too bad. I've already bought the domain. I've already built the store. You better order the product and get it all, all done. And, um, and that's, that's really where the story began. And then, and then we were sitting here waiting for the inventory as we were putting together like different social media ideas and, you know, really then just setting up the rest of the website and getting it all done. And then boom, all of a sudden we had Cheeky Glow Born and it was, it was just, um, it was just a really weird journey from there. It was, well, the next step was how do we market this? And that's really how the company came to life was, was just that moment. That's insane. Like, my God, you don't waste time. I love the fast, you know, movement. All right. So let's talk about those next 24 hours. So you obviously started the website, got the domain done. I'm I'm assuming at this point you had ordered the stock and everything like that, or you were talking to suppliers. What was the first point of action? Was it like starting up your Instagram and TikTok? What were the first few things that you guys did to make sure that you were going to build a very strong foundation for your marketing to get, make sure it was a success? Branding. Mm. Yeah. I think that was yeah. yeah branding. Like we, we settled on like colors. We settled on logo. We settled on name. We got everything. Like it was a whirlwind from memory. Like the first 48 hours was website done, domain done, Facebook page, Instagram page, TikTok page. Mm. And we were both like, let's just go hard on TikTok. Yeah. And um, that was, I think that was pretty much the conversation, right? See, see, I can't, I can't remember exactly because it's been a while now, but I'm pretty sure on the yeah, first I mean, 48 um, hours. 
I used to own like a a drop shipping store called Shop Chicky. That's what he was referring to, my old brand. Yeah. Um, And through that, I learned a lot about branding and also through my work experience. And so I kind of knew what steps we had to do in order to create that brand. Mm. Um, So aside from socials, we also made sure we had like the right brand message, um, also the brand colors, things like that. So that was really, really important. Yeah. Um, and we made all of our collateral ourselves. So like, let's say the PR boxes, um, the cards, packaging, everything, we did that ourselves. So, so it was just, um, I guess that's the benefit of a partnership um, that you were mentioning before is that we kind of can work on each other's strengths. Mm. And so my strength was in branding and marketing. His strength was on operations and e-commerce. And yeah. so we kind of just, we just um, stayed in our lanes. We worked on what we're good at and we kind of just created the business like that. It's insane. It's amazing how in such a short period of time, like less than a year, right? Well, you're coming up to 10 months or 10 months now. <laughs> yeah, I think this is our 10th month now. We just passed, um, yeah, no, actually this is month 10, middle of month 10. It's insane how much success you guys have had in such a little time, but I just love how you guys just were like, yep, not doing it, that's it, no wasting time. I, I love stories like, like impulse stories are my favourite. So my next question is probably a bit left of field, but... What I'd love to know is why did you guys incorporate men into the brand? Because you don't really, you either see a business that markets to women or a beauty brand that markets to men. You never see one that really incorporates both. So I'd love to learn, understand a little bit more. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening um, as well are going to find it very fascinating. So what really drove you to also target, drive you to target men through Cheeky glow. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. a great question. Yeah, let me let me um talk the overview and then Alan can get into it because he's a man, obviously. Um, <laughs> so I've been working in beauty for over six years now, and um I know what it's like to work in a store where all the brands are targeted to women, or the the male brands are like just literally the same product but branded in a black version or um you know with a different scent. And so I kind of know what the beauty industry um, typically does for men and there's really not much. And so when we started this brand, this product is so universal and it can be used by anyone, um, any age, any gender, that there's really no need to just restrict it to the female demographic. And so especially with Alan on board, um, it was really easy. uh, It was an easy decision to make to include men into this. And I mean, men men are getting more and more conscious about taking care of their own skin. And that's exactly why, especially you can see through our campaigns, we also feature a lot of men. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll let Alan get into it because he's obviously a man. Um. Mm. Yeah. So, so with the man side of things, obviously half of this business is man, right? Like I'm, I'm a dude. So, <laughs> you know, we've got two co-founders here. We've got a female co-founder and a male co-founder. Um, I got really into skincare maybe about three years ago or so um, when I really started using skincare for myself and uh, I, I, you know, I fell in love with what I call man care now. And when we really came up with this brand, um, you know, I've been talking about skincare and males looking after themselves for a long time yeah. right now in society, there's a huge thing about, you know, around toxic masculinity you know men are supposed to be these big strong guys that are emotionless and you know if you wash your face you're so feminine blah 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 we see all of that sort of I guess that image that men are portrayed as in the public. And I was like, you know what? Stuff that that's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the men in our lives, you know, whether it's your partner, your boyfriend, your husband, your son, you know, whatever it is, right? Like 
there's nothing wrong with a guy who wants to look after themselves. There is nothing wrong with a guy who wants to look good. There is nothing wrong with a guy who wants to take care of his skin, mm. right? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's probably manlier than a guy who doesn't, right? And so what we really wanted to do was we wanted to include um, all the men into our campaigns as well. It's so funny because I have so many of my guy friends buying our cheeky glow glove, but they don't buy the black one. They buy the pink one. And no I'm way. like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like, what? I'm just like oh, that's so surprising for me. Cause I originally, I wanted the black color skew for us because I was like, okay, the guys are probably going to buy the black one, but then all my mates are buying pink ones. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, What's going on here? No way. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was, that was really interesting for me uh, to, to really see that. But we really wanted to include the men into our campaigns because the reality is, is we're at, a, we're at a crossing point now where men are starting to become more involved in their self-care. They're starting to do a lot more skincare for themselves and really looking after themselves, especially because of lockdown. Like lockdowns amplified everything. People are stuck at home. You know, we're kind of over it. We're mentally exhausted. So many people are kind of like starting to look for ways to, to love themselves again because the world has finally like kind of slowed down and um, it's been an incredible thing to see. And so we wanted to really be there to support all of these people uh, and give them that sort of thing that go, Hey, you know what guys, it's actually cool for a guy to look after themselves. So that's why we really wanted to bring and incorporate men into the brand and, and show guys it's completely okay. There's nothing wrong with looking after yourselves. And, you know, and it's been incredible to see the response out there from all of my guy friends and from a lot of our male customers too. They just love the product and they're having so much fun exfoliating and looking after their skin. So it's, it's been an incredible thing to see. So that was my next question. What was the response like? So when you, you know, spoke to your friends and when you, you know, started marketing to men, what was it like? Did you get any negative feedback or was it all just very welcoming? I don't think I've had a single piece of negative feedback from all my guy friends, at least. Um, you know, they they've, they love the product. They ask me dumbest questions. Like, yeah. I don't even know if I can say it on your podcast, but they're like, can I scrub my blah? And I'm like, <laughs> all right, bro. I don't know if you really want to scrub your blah, right? So it's kind of like, you know, we're going to we're gonna keep the word blah there just for censorship reasons. But you guys can probably imagine what they're trying to ask me. And it's just been really funny because guys never usually do this sort of stuff, right? We go into the shower. If you use a bar of soap, you're doing good. Like, like your, your, your top, your creme de la creme, right? But like, you know, now guys are going the full routine and, and guys are now putting like skincare on. Yeah. They're going like 12-step 12, 12 skincare routines, blah, 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 whatever, right? So it's been an incredible response from all the males that are in my demographic or my friends at least. And they're always messaging me. They're like, yep, I'm going to buy this now. I'm going to buy this. And they buy it not just for themselves, but they buy it for their partners as well. And so they make it a little bit of a fun routine. It's like, you know, they'll scrub their girlfriends or like, you know, their girlfriends will scrub their or whatever it is um, and it's just been a, it's, it's been a great response it's really really positive to mm. see men actually spending on things that aren't car parts or games or you know whatever they're actually spending on things to look after themselves and make themselves feel good so I've, I'm really really happy with the response that we've been getting so far oh that's amazing all right so this question is something that I have to ask because you've obviously got another very strong competitor out in the market and I don't think there is really anybody else on the same level as you guys um, and possibly them. But what is it like, um, you know, starting up a business, having a competitor come in as well, saturating the market? What has it been like? Has that affected your business growth at all? Or has it been you guys have had a very strong niche, you've had a very strong targeting, built up a very strong audience? What has it been like navigating through that? I mean, I think with anything, there's always competitors. 
um, no matter what industry you are in. And that just means that there is a market there and you are in the right market if you do have a competitor. Mm. Um, I don't think it's something that, that will negatively affect us because we stick in, stick in our lane. We have our own personalized branding and we have our customers that we serve and so do they. And I think if anything, it just really motivates us to work harder. Yeah. And have you guys had to do any like strong brand positioning tactics to make sure that you've stayed present or stayed on top of the market or anything like that? Because I know you guys have more products than just the exfoliating glove. So was that an an incorporation into the brand because you had a competitor or was that just because you had a demand for extra products from the consumer? Well, honestly, we are really trying to create a self-care brand more than anything. And we are trying to empower people to feel confident in themselves. And I think just by doing that, we kind of send the right message and we stay authentic to ourselves. And that's kind of where um, our customers, you know, stay loyal to us as well. So it's, I don't think at the end of the day, the product is what is going to give you your loyal customer base. I think it's your brand message and also what you stand for that keeps the customers uh, with you. hundred oh, percent. It's the loyalty and the authenticity, right? They're the two biggest key players in marketing at the moment, especially authenticity. It's the key buzzword at the moment. Um, so my next question for you guys is, is what were the biggest contributing factors that have and possibly still are to the success of Cheeky Glow today? What have they been and what kind of impact has it created on the business? Hmm. That's a, that's a great question. I think um, for us, we try to stay innovative uh, in terms of how we actually connect and reach with our, you know, customers. I think customer service for us is extremely important. And, um, you know, to, to be able to put our customers really at the front of our business is, is the key to our success. You know, we listen to them when they want to have different products, we will listen and consider it. You know, when they give us feedback, we will always reply and consider that as well. You know, we, 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 as a company, I think our success is we're quite fortunate. Both me and CC have a little bit of experience as entrepreneurs. Um, and, that's really helped us with a foundation in the business admin aspect of things. But in terms of the marketing and branding side of things, look, CC's just done a phenomenal job. And we we really, really have done a lot of work or put in a lot of work. Like going viral is not something that's random. Going viral is something that you plan on doing. And that's exactly how marketing in my eyes is done nowadays, right? Well, the most efficient marketing is done in that sense nowadays. And so for us to continue growing with our successes, well, one, we stay, you know, innovative, number one. And number two is we really, really try to engage with our audience in a way that really helps them make decisions, uh, especially when it comes down to the product selections that we have. And so we really go out there and you'll see along uh, with most of our social media is not only do we educate our customers, but we also deliver for them what they want. So if they ask us questions, we're not just randoms behind a computer screen that sell a product. We are actually here. Even the founders are here, you know, right here in front of you, trying to serve you as best as we can as well. So I think that's contributed a lot of um, a lot to our success. Uh, I don't know if CC has anything else to add there, but I believe those have been some of our key pillars. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, I think it's really important for us to have two-way communication. And I honestly don't really see ourselves as like a large brand or beauty brand or anything like that. I just kind of see myself as someone who has information that can help educate other people on how to take care of their skin. And that's really what we try to do through our social media as well. All of our 
uh, content is tailored to educating people rather than just telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's inc- incredibly important because consumers nowadays aren't stupid. They they have technology and they can research and they are sometimes smarter than us in a lot of areas. So um, it's just important to educate and just be authentic. And like we said before. 100%. Oh my God, I couldn't agree more with the consumer stuff. All right. I have one last question to wrap this up. And I ask everybody this at the end of every episode. So um, you guys can decide who gets to go first. But for anyone that's listening, what would be your number one tip to give to them if, you know, for running a business or an e-com, let's go with e-com business. What would be your number one tip for running an e-commerce business in August 2021? Mm, good question. I, I really like that question. Look, e-commerce is a is a big thing right now and it's only going to grow, guys. So if you want to run an e-commerce business, like here's the thing, a lot of people underestimate the capital that you need to start or even just starting as well. Look, it's really not that complicated, but there's been so many gurus out there selling all their courses and whatnot. I don't want you to go out there and listen to them. I want you to learn for yourself and actually get hands-on. Look, set aside some money that you're comfortable with investing into your business. A business is an investment. Okay. And if you do it right, you're not going to be risking too much. You just want to be able to be comfortable with whatever you're taking aside, have a set number that you want to take aside and start to experiment, build your store, find some products and try to sell it. You know, and that's the reality of e-commerce right now is it is such a powerful place to be. E-commerce is simply just a platform for you to be able to host a sort of product or service to reach your customers. You don't need to overthink it. You just need to find something that you personally would enjoy and use and it can provide value to other people who are just like you and then that is how you select your product select your product build the back end side of things and market it's just a simple three-step process find a product build the platform market and if you can do that for e-commerce then you have a basic store how good you are at it is a different question but everything in this business can be taught and learnt you just need to be willing to experiment and try. That's all it is, guys. So hopefully that really helps if you want to get started in the e-commerce game. Yeah, really great tips. Really, really great tips. All right, Cece. For me, um, I think e-commerce is like any other business. It's still a business and it still has to have the, um, how do I say it, the the base, the building blocks that a traditional business would have just um, you got to make it work on the internet. So you just have to make sure that the product actually works. It meets a demand. You know how to market the product and you know how to serve your customers so that they stay loyal. Um, and I think it's really important if you are becoming a solo entrepreneur or you're forming a partnership that you educate yourself consistently um, because the e-commerce world is always changing and especially with social media and things like that. You can't just stay stagnant and you can't think that just because it works today, it will work tomorrow. So I think the biggest thing is to just keep educating yourself and um, keep trying new things. I love that advice as well. Guys, the two key words I heard were value and making sure that you're educating yourself. Guys, that's the two biggest things, right? Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And guys, if they want to follow you, if they want to purchase from you, where can they find you? Find us on all platforms at Cheeky Glow, C-H-E-E-K-Y-G-L-O. Thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Pitch. Don't forget to rate, subscribe and like and follow us on all of our social media platforms for more. We'll see you next time.